Hey, this is Dale Calvert. I'd like to welcome you to this session of the MLM Success Podcast. You can take this to the bank, chisel it in stone, do whatever you need to do. But real success happens when preparation under correct mentorship and, and real opportunity meets. And that's followed by massive action. Uh, I have no no doubt in my mind that if I hadn't found Shackley Master Coordinator Jim Burke years and years ago through audio cassettes that I wouldn't be doing this podcast today. There's no question about it. I remember when I first met him, oh, I, I didn't get to say a word to him. I just shook his hand and in a line of other people. And then I've been around Mr. Burke, was around him five to- or about five minutes my entire life. And the second time I met him, I flew to somewhere in Michigan to do a, to attend a seminar that him and another gentleman were doing for the weekend. And I, ha- I felt like I would have a little bit more time. And I told him when I shook his hand, I said, look, uh, I know your top people. I know who they are. And I just want you to know that everything you've attempted to communicate, uh, I haven't just listened. I've really heard it. And when you say you're in the leadership development business, I know your team doesn't have a clue what you're talking about, but I want you to know that I do. I get it. I understand it. And I'm doing something with that philosophy. And I just want to thank you. And that was my statement to Mr. Jim Burke. What's that old proverb about, uh, expert in your hometown or something. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But uh, you you cannot have proper preparation without proper mentorship. And the lack of proper mentorship is one of the main reasons the profession is in the state it's in. I mean, just look at the beach ball heads, the self-proclaimed gurus that have been attempting to teach others how to do that, which they've never done. And it it doesn't take a whole lot to figure out why we are as a profession where we are. You know, before we get into this session, let me just also define what I mean when I say real success. Uh, Glenn Turner shared this with us, and we did a video about this very recently. I hope you saw it. If you didn't, it's really worth your your time. It's at mlmsuccess.com forward slash Glenn dash W dash Turner. I'll put the link in the description or in the show notes. But when successful people talk about success, when real successful people talk about success, it's much more than just financial success. That's certainly part of it. And if you can get your financial situation taken care of and get that pressure off, then it helps you in all other areas of your life. But you guys have heard me speak about the wheel of life and the seven key areas of life that are important and why you should focus there and forget everything else. Uh, unfortunately, we live in a world where people seem to be focused 100% on how they can entertain themselves. But real opportunity provides win-win for everybody involved. If you're involved in an opportunity that takes advantage of other people in any way, you can never consider yourself successful, in my opinion, just because you made a million dollars, but uh, everybody you did business with lost. That's not a good. That's not a good business model from any standpoint. 
and those who don't understand that real success in network marketing is based upon the success of your team, they usually don't because of their own personal take advantage of others mentality. Let me say that again. The reason most people don't get it is because within them already, before they ever enter the industry, they think you have to use and abuse and take advantage of other people in order to have success of any kind doing anything, and that's just not the case. The anti-MLM community is a classic example of that. Uh, they had this take advantage and convince people and and put pressure on people mentality. Uh, maybe they were taught it. Maybe they came to the profession with it. But regardless, if you're taught it and you know it's not right, then why follow it? I mean, really? No, really? Why follow it if you know it's not right? You don't have to. You don't have to take advantage of people. And you know, so but they are today. They're taking more advantage today of people than any network marketing program ever has because they're they're feeding people's victim mentality. And I've done multiple videos on YouTube about that. I'm not going to rehash it all, but that's really what's going on in that world. And and they just don't have a t- they don't have a clue what I'm talking about when we talk about. Your long-term income in this profession is, is in direct proportion to the number of leaders that are developed on your team, the number of people that you help. But, you know, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you understand exactly what we're talking about here. So let's get into this real important session. Uh, I am titling Preparation, Success, Engagement. Welcome to the MLMSuccess.com podcast, the show designed to return the network marketing industry to its roots of personal growth, leadership development, and wisdom of the ages success principles. We share with you real success stories from real people that we hope will inspire and encourage you personally and help you progress forward in your business and your life. We believe if you build people, people will build the business. Now here is your host who has been called the number one mind in network marketing, the MLM Profit, Network Marketing Virtual Mentor, and a host of other names that we will not mention because this is a family show. Frankly, he's just a small-town guy that figured out that the real product in network marketing is people. Dale Calvert. As I'm recording this session, it's a week or so early, uh, it's. I think this is scheduled to be dropped when my wife Dawn and I we will be somewhere and join the sunshine in Florida uh, when it's time for this podcast to be dropped. As I sit here this morning looking out my window and it's snowing here in Atlanta, and it's not supposed to be snowing in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, anyway, yesterday I woke up to some unexpected news that really kind of rocked my world a little bit. Uh, legendary University of Kentucky basketball coach Joe B. Hall had passed away at the age of 93. And Joe was raised in Cynthiana, Kentucky. It's a town that bordered Scott County and Georgetown, Kentucky, where I attended high school, just the next county over. And he went on to fulfill every Kentucky kid's high, high school childhood dream uh, by 
being uh, elected and, and recruited to play basketball at the University of Kentucky. And then in 1965, he was hired as an assistant coach under legendary coach Adolph Rupp, the winningest coach in college basketball history. Uh, and they forced Rupp out because the rules were at the time when you reach 70, it was mandatory retirement or coach Rupp. He would have, he would probably coach till he was 95, but. When Rupp reached the mandatory retirement age of 70, Hall was selected. Joe Hall was selected as the new coach, and that was in 1972. Keep in mind, he spent seven years as an assistant under the legendary Coach Rupp. And every great coach, every great leader is first a great student. And again, all this comes down to mentorship. But... Joe Hall was coaching at the University of Kentucky men's basketball. Uh, he coached the University of Kentucky men's basketball to three Final Four appearances. Appearances, And then in 1978, uh, it was actually my senior year of high school, they won the national championship, uh, beating Duke. Uh, the Goose got loose, Jack Gibbons. Uh, dropped 41 points in that championship game. Um, if you're from Kentucky, you remember that. You remember that if you're as old as I am. And the thing about Joe Hall is he treated everybody the same. Kentucky is full of spoiled brat people who've never worked a day in their life. I mean, literally. There's a lot of second and third generation wealth in Kentucky from the horse racing business and when the coal mining business was booming a few years ago. But Joe, I mean, he was just one of a kind. He treated everybody the same. It didn't matter what their background was. It didn't matter if they were a big booster of the University of Kentucky Wildcats or a fan or just a fan living up on a mountain somewhere in poverty. Uh, you know, it didn't matter to him. If you were Kentuckian, if you were from Kentucky, you were loved and respected by Joe Hall. And people appreciate that and recognize that. And, you know, I shared some of this story that I want to share with you quickly back in session 22 of this podcast. Uh, I think we're on session 200 and something. So this was a several, several sessions ago. Uh, but the session was called Perfect Practice Makes Perfect. But just to kind of expand a little bit on that, if you've heard that, if you, if you heard that podcast, you may recall that growing up as a young kid during a lot of the halftime shows, and again, that was back in the day, there wasn't a lot of, when I was young, there wasn't a lot of Kentucky games on TV, except maybe on the Saturday game of the week, but every now and then, and, and during a lot of the halftime shows, there would be these like junior age, junior high age kids uh, called the junior pros, and they would put on halftime shows for different college basketball games. And they would come out and they would be dribbling two balls, you know, behind their back, between their legs, kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters. 
spinning the balls on their fingers and basically showing off on the basketball court. I mean, but it was uh, timed and everything was timed to music. Music was playing in the background and and the fans in the stands just would go wild watching these kids. And of course, young people like me, this is when I was in the first and second, third grade, you know, I'd be, my eyes would be glued to that black and white TV and just watching these kids spin the ball on their fingers and acting like the Harlem Globetrotters. I mean, it was fascinating to me. And long story short, my dad found out that the kids that were selected as junior pro members all attended a basketball camp sponsored by what was called the 101 Club, Booster Club, uh, in Lexington. So long story short, you had to be 10 years old to attend the camp. So when I was 10, I was there and it, it, I went to the camp and it, and it wasn't really a tryout for the junior pros, but some of the kids that attended the camp would be invited to try out. And, you know, so I went to the camp when I was 10. I wasn't invited to try out, you know, when it was over, but during the next season, I saw a couple of the kids that I had went to the camp with that were now on TV and part of the junior pros. And I'm thinking, man, they made it. That's awesome. And then I started to ask myself, well, what did they have in common? Uh, you know, I was even asking myself the right questions and looking behind the curtain literally when I was 10 years old. And I wanted to know what, what did these kids have in, in common? And the only thing that I could remember that I knew that they had in common was both of their dads were in the horse business. And an adult, Dale, might have said, left it at that and said, okay, well, special interest, uh, you know, they're being catered to because uh, of their wealth, of their status, and so on and so forth. And that's what many adults do today. We all know that. Many adults always look... Yeah, you can, but I can't because of this. But I was a 10-year-old kid. That didn't really affect me. And and I thought, well, you know, they were both really good ball handlers, but I, I think I was as good or probably better than both of them. And I kept looking at this, and, I was, and then I remember, well, they both were really good at spinning the ball on their finger. And, and you know, y'all have seen the spin the ball, basketball on your finger – and I had not learned how to do that. I couldn't do it. So that winter, I spent the entire winter by myself in my room with my basketball, practicing, trying to figure out how do you spin a daggone basketball on your finger. Nobody was showing me. I had nobody, I knew nobody else that could do it. I didn't have any friends that could do it, but I just was determined I'm going to figure out how to do this because if those kids can do it, I can do it. And I would pay real close attention during the basketball halftime shows when I got to see the junior pros and watching exactly what they were doing and how they were doing it. And then I would go back in my room and practice and I, I made Virtually for months, it felt like zero progress. Uh, but eventually, over time, I was able to do it. I was able to get that ball spinning and get it on my finger and then keep it spinning by, by patting the ball, pat, 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 spinning that ball on my finger. 
So the next spring, when I went back to the camp as an 11-year-old, the the final day, they they do what's called a do-your-own-thing drill. And it's like we all line up at one end of the court, and you can have two basketballs, you can have you can do whatever you want to do. You can dribble two basketballs between your legs behind your back. You can uh, spin around, you know, do whatever you want to do. But you know, basically, come up with something creative and act like a Harlem Globetrotter. And every every kid would do that from one end of the court to the other, and then there was a stage at the end of the of the court and they would give you your certificate for completing the the basketball camp and i knew that that was going to be the time you had to shine so i had another friend of mine and he and and it was planned that it that i friend i'd made at the camp when i get to the first foul foul line i want you to throw me out another basketball and I'm going to do two basketballs behind the back, through the legs, all this. And then when I, I knew that I was going to throw him the basketball back, and then I wanted him to go to the other foul line and get ready to throw it to me again. And then I was when I got to center court, I was just going to stop and throw that ball on my finger and spin it and bounce it off my elbow and catch it back on my finger and do every trick I could learn at center court. And then when I got to the other end of the, the last foul line to throw me the ball again, and if they thought I did well dribbling two balls the first time, they hadn't seen nothing yet, and I was going to turn it on and be done, drop the mic and be done. And so I I, I did that, and I went up, and, and some of the parents were there, and they were yelling and screaming or whatever, and I got my certificate that I'm walking back, and out of the stands comes Joe B. Hall, the, the, the coach of Kentucky, the University of Kentucky basketball team. And he would walk through the camp. He had walked through a couple of times, and everybody would say, there goes Coach Hall, there goes Coach Hall. But he came out of the stands, and he said, young man, can I talk to you for a minute? And I'm looking around like me, and, he, and, he, he, and I walked over, and I said, hi, Coach Hall. And he said, what's your name? And I said, Dale Calvert. And he said, where are you from? I said, Stamping Ground, Kentucky. He said, Stamping Ground? He said, do you know where Cynthiana is? And I said, well, I've heard of it. And he said, there's a lot of good fishing hoes in in Stamping Ground. And I thought to myself, yeah, I sell night crawlers to all the fishermen that come to Stamping Ground to fish, is what I'm thinking. I didn't say that. And I said, yeah, there is a lot of good fishing. And he said, well, glad to meet you. He said, Calvert, how do you spell that? Is that with a C or a K? And he pulled out this little pad out of his shirt, and he's writing down, I'm assuming, my name. And I said, it's a a C. And he said, well, glad to meet you. Hope to meet you again sometime. And that was it. That was it. Uh, My only interaction communication ever in my life with Coach Joe Hall but if you've heard podcast session 22, you know that two weeks later I get the letter from the 101 club uh, telling me that I've made the junior pros and would I like to participate. 
And it was awesome the next four or five years being able to do halftime shows for the Kentucky Colonels pro basketball team, the Cincinnati Royals pro basketball team, multiple UK games, state fairs, and it was quite an adventure for a young man. And in the podcast 22, I talk about when we moved to Georgetown, Kentucky, teaching my best friend how to spin the ball on his finger so he could go out and make the junior pros and we could do it together. And I taught him and he made the team and we traveled together for a while with that team, the junior pros. And and it all goes back to the concept of learn it, master it, and then teach other people to do it. But uh, all of those memories kind of came back to me this weekend uh, when I learned about the passing of Coach Joby Hall. Real opportunity provides a win-win for everybody, as we've talked about many times. Uh, I'm recording this session. Like I mentioned, uh, Don and I will be in Florida uh, when this is supposed to start. But I think the experience that I had as a kid and then the passing of Joe Hall is the motivation behind this podcast. And again, I'm just calling it Preparation, Success, Engagement. Uh, You know, Joe Hall prepared for his success growing up in Kentucky, playing at Kentucky, and then spending seven years under the winningest coach in history, Adolph Rupp. And in network marketing, the culture in which we were brought up really makes all the difference. Uh, I watched the network marketing profession go from a wisdom of the ages culture to a very speculative culture, which ultimately led to dissipation of the profession and, and now, uh, in my opinion, a state of just total delusion. The business model itself hasn't changed, but the focus of the team cultures have. And when I really look back and think about when I started in Shackley, Shackley was the preparation stage for me. Uh, That is the time when when I learned about self-talk and eliminating self-limiting beliefs and programming your mind for success and the wisdom of the ages books that are out there and available for us like the magic of thinking big and psycho cybernetics and think and grow rich and and the list goes on and on and on uh it was a preparation stage i was with the wrong company at the wrong time in history but at that time there was only about five or six network marketing companies even in existence. So uh, I was probably with the best opportunity that was available at the time, but the reality was that company had been around for 25 years. I mean, it had already been around. It had come and gone. Uh, but I was out there, and I was learning, and I was learning the work ethic that was necessary. I was learning the skill sets that were necessary. Uh, very massive preparation time for me. And I didn't realize it was preparation time. I didn't really understand that's what was happening. Looking back now, it's really quite obvious. 
but I had, you know, I had to learn how to refine my work ethic and my time management skills and my focus and my self-talk and everything that is necessary if somebody is going to build a real solid business based upon, you know, wisdom of the ages principles and not just try to come in and do it with the skill sets and mindsets that they enter the profession with, not try to do it with transferable skills because I had no transferable skills. I had no, uh, I was a 20 year old snot nosed kid. So, what I see today is many, many people, I, I would say as high as 90% easily come into network marketing companies and come into team cultures that have no systems in place, nothing to help them develop the foundational skills and mindsets, the skill sets and mindsets that are necessary to become successful in network marketing. There's no foundation being developed. There's no more closed cultures. And, and so what, what is natural human beings want to do? They want to find the quickest, fastest, easiest way to do it. If I had joined network marketing in today's environment, I probably would have failed drastically, uh, without question. But I had no choice. My email box wasn't full with the greatest next big thing to hit the whole home business world. It was not like that. It was a different time, place, world, and environment. But the principles, the, 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 the reality of what it takes to build a, to build a business and to become the, the right type of person. Again, it, it, that hasn't changed. Success in network marketing is not in finding the right company. It's in becoming the right person. It's not in finding the right people. It's in becoming the right leader for your team. You will, you'll never have a team if you don't know where you're going. So again, uh, I'm not going to rehash everything, but many of you know that I got out of network marketing. I spent five years with the Shackley Corporation, gave it everything I had, uh, was able to leave my comp- my job at IBM in Lexington, Kentucky, because I was making a thousand dollars more a month part time than I was full time there, and through no fault of my own, I lost four key people all in the same month in October of nineteen eighty five eighty six, and I'm not going to rehash that story, but because of the structure and because. At that time, all supervisors were supplying products to their team and to their customers. Uh, nobody, the only people that were ordering directly from the company were supervisors in the Shackley Corporation or direct distributors in Amway. And when people move to another state, they're going to lose their distributor base and their customer or customer organization because nobody can come by and get their product anymore. And we tried to help the best we could, but it just wasn't feasible. So I ended up getting involved in the health insurance business. And when I arrived at the health insurance business, when I arrived in that profession, see, here's the thing. Preparation had already been done. Preparation had already been done. All I had to do was learn the the logistics, you know, I had to go to school, pass my insurance exam, do all that, and then learn how to present the products. But the mindset, the skill set, the work ethic, the preparation stage had already been completed. Does that make sense? 
So at the end of my first year in the insurance business, I was rookie of the year in the Great Lakes area. And they had a big shindig and presented me with this trophy. And this was for all the reps in Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, you know, surrounding states, West Virginia. I was the number one rep rookie of the year in that area. And I remember that night after getting that award and I was sitting down with my manager and he said, Dale, he said, why do you think you did so well this year? And I said, because my, my thought process at the time, I said, because my dues had already been paid in the Shackley Corporation. I spent five years there learning time management skills, work ethic, uh, right attitude, uh, focus, all the things that are necessary for success. So when I found this product and I knew in my soul that we were taking the best product to the market for the clients, and it was, and I knew that, then it was just a matter of passing my insurance license and learning how to present this effectively and then doing the work to get it in front of enough people. I mean, it's, it, it wasn't very difficult for me at all. And he said, okay. And he said, well, I'm supposed to let you know that we're starting a new district, uh, in the state of Kentucky. Uh, and you're going to be the first district manager in the state of Kentucky if you want that position. I said, well, what, what, what is my responsibility? And he says to recruit, uh, sales reps and you still need to be in the field producing every week, but you also have the added responsibility of recruiting reps and building a team. And we got some training. We'll show you how to do that. And I said, I'm all in. That sounds good to me. Let's go. And long story short, uh, I did not agree with their philosophy. Okay. Their whole philosophy was it's a cattle call. Every week you hire as many reps as you can, bring them in, let them get their license. Uh, maybe they'll go out and sell a few policies to some self-employed people that they know, but it's, it's a constant revolving door. And in my mind, it's like, I'm not going to build that way. Okay. They're telling me this is what you have to do. And I think, well, I don't think it's honest. I don't think it's ethical and I'm not doing it that way. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it right. And, and again, I relate this back to the anti MLMers are blaming, trying to blame network marketing because they used unethical, dishonest business practices. That's on them. That's not on this profession. That's on them. So I started in management and I started recruiting people and I recruited eight reps. Uh, all the other competitors in the Great Lake, Great Lakes area were had on the books 40 or 50 reps and they were just going through them just revolving door uh i recruited eight from those eight six of them within their first month were making two thousand dollars a week in income why because I, i i chose the right people i wasn't looking for everybody uh i'm a good talent scout I can recognize potential when I see it. And I, rec- 
I recruited eight. Six of them were at $2,000 plus a week. Uh, we brought them in. We, they got their license. We sit down with the pitch book. We showed them exactly what to say and how to say it and why in the presentation. Two of my six were actually clients first. That's a clue. Two of my six were clients first. They were small business owners that were working hard in their small business and struggling. And and I said, how would you like to come to work for me? And two of them did. But what we did is we, here's your audio, here's an audio cassette that will walk you through. You can listen to me do this presentation over and over and over. Here's your book, just same book I'm using and listen it, listen to it and understand it and be excited about what you're taking to the marketplace because you bought it. I could tell those two, you understood the value compared to Blue Cross and Blue Shield or whatever. And you know, you'd satisfied customer first network markers. And, you know, so we, we built an unbelievable business with eight reps. We were doing more with eight reps than people were doing with 40 and 50 and 60 reps. And we became, we took Kentucky from the 48th most productive state. In this company in the United States, we were 48th. And when I, when they gave me the district manager position and I trained these people, we were number three in the U.S. We went from 48th to number three. And the amount, and again, this was over a few years, but the amount of backlash and jealousy and politics that that created was unbearable, unbearable. Uh, it's like I, I just, I was thrown right back into IBM. You know, everybody has to wear a red tie, blue suit, blah, blah, blah. That whole corporate environment, I was never a part of it at IBM. I was on the assembly line, but I observed it, and it made me sick to my stomach. You know, people that had position power and not personal power with other people just position power politics and so i felt like i was thrown right back into that so i ended up leaving that and i had a residual income coming in from the insurance business because i didn't take the advances i just wanted to be paid as is paid for what the residual, so I had a good residual coming in. I don't want to explain all that, but it was a good decision. And I did a few things during that time for a while. I sold swimming pools and just kind of looking around. I had my license with another insurance company, uh, and I did some insurance appointments. And during that time, uh, I had seen NSA a couple years previous. And I ended up joining NSA. So when I joined NSA, uh, I got started there. I made $10,000, over $10,000 my first month, and I never made less. I never made less. Uh, and I was there for five years. And I'm good for a five-year run. And honestly, that's about all I can take, five years because I just simply cannot stand the minutia and the thumbsuckers 
and the what have you done for me lately people that seem to be attracted to the network marketing business model. Even back then, it was just, you know, you had the greedy and the needy and, you know, the 70% and the 3%. And my whole focus always has been, always will be the 27%. So I ended up, uh, leave, I was making $25,000 a month if I never left my house or not. I was fully qualified for life. I uh, had a really great organization, a lot of really good people, but I knew that I'd missed NSA by two years. And when I had the opportunity to start over with New Image International, I mean, everybody said, Dale, you're crazy. My parents, my wife, everybody, you, why would you do that? Why would you start all over? And I said, because if it goes, it will set me up for life. And if it doesn't, I'll find something else. And that was just my attitude. Well, Dale, how can you leave that much money on the table? Because I don't like the direction NSA is going. I don't think it's in the best interest of myself or my team. I just don't like it. I don't like the, the, the pivot that the co- company's making into this juice plus thing. And I, I just, I'm not going to, I just don't feel comfortable. And if I don't feel comfortable, then I can't talk with conviction about it. And I ended up leaving there. And we started over with New Image International, and the rest is kind of history. I mean, we developed an organization of over 60,000 people, um, you know, over 200 six-figure earners on our, on our personal team. And it was a phenomenal, phenomenal ride. I mean, it just was. But, but again, everything goes back to the fact that the, Preparation was done with the Shackley Corporation. The preparation stage happened then. That's when the rock foundation was laid. And if you don't have the rock foundation, you can't build anything significant on it. You just can't. But that's when the rock foundation was laid with the Shackley Corporation. So as many of you know, I got out. Uh, when I left New Image International, I said, well, Dale, what happened? One day I'll tell the whole story. But uh, basically, the, the, the person that handed all the money, the, the, the internal in the company, comes to me and says, Dale, we need to talk. We're using this month's sales to pay last month's commissions and that can never happen in network marketing and long story short world war three was started and when that happened uh i uh there was a sense of betrayal that i hope nobody ever has to experience it the only thing i feel like it was 23 divorces all at the same time and i felt like people should know better but you guys know me i mean i'm just kind of say it like it is and let the chips walk fall or they may i don't have a political bone in my body 
I'm not a preacher that's really good at shaking hands, kissing babies, and telling people what they need to, what they want to hear. I've never been accused of that, never will be. Uh, it's probably my strength, but it's also my weakness. Uh, I, I, you know, there's an old saying, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And I've never lived that way. Uh, I just want to be around people that I like being around and I want everybody else as far away from me as possible. And I will tell them so if need it be. So again, I'm not going to go into all that, but the bottom line is the, the future of my team members were, was in jeopardy in my mind. And I'm not going to play in that environment. We're going to clean it up, fix it and get it right. Or we're not. And if we're not, then I'm not going to be part of it. And so that's just kind of where I was and where I am and where I will always be. And so after that, I really lost uh, faith in humanity, honestly. Uh, and I, I've never had it back and probably will never have it back at the level that it, it was at that point. Uh but I, I lost faith in a lot of people that I believed in. And so for the next 10, 15 years, I'm just in coast mode. And, you know, my phone started ringing immediately when I was no so longer associated with New Image International. And I had consulting contracts with multiple companies. I spent a couple years in Dallas as the, uh, director of training for a company, uh, and I've been in this profession at some level for many years, mostly in a training capacity with with sing some singular companies or, co or multiple companies. And during this whole time, I've just watched the profession get further and further and further and further away from the core fundamentals which growth was created upon. I've worked with some real scumbags, uh, you know, and when I find out somebody's a scumbag, you know, if, if they fool me, okay. But if they're not truthful, then I can't, I'll leave. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm just not going to hang around. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of company owners and even corporate leaders that think that the, the distributors are necessary evil. And, it, it it was just real eye-opening. I could tell you story after story after story. I'm not going to. My point is this, that uh, over this time period, when I was in my coast mode, uh, you know, I'm looking at multiple different businesses. And in all of them, I'm just trying to first get the foundation, you know, get the Get the right foundation. Find the right mentor. Uh, figure out what's going on, and do my preparation. Do my preparation, and I've done this with multiple, multiple different business models. So, uh, you know, probably ten years ago, I was my I was in the mindset, and I think about that. I've been thinking about it a lot, honestly, lately. Where, where Dawn and I, you know, after we got, see, I went through a divorce and all kinds of personal drama and just a lot of stuff, you know, life happens. Uh, but regardless, after all that, you know, after Dawn and I met, um, it was like 
we we were kind of in a really real and we are we stay there but we were in a really good place for us from the standpoint that my whole thought was i'm going to write a book it'll be my final book and it's going to be called how to develop six six figure incomes in the same year and that was my thought because i'm thinking okay i'm making over six figures speaking i'm making another six figures consulting uh, we'll, we, we can do six figures with multiple other niches, including Amazon Kindle, Amazon FBA, eBay, uh, building out and flipping websites in, income generating websites. And I, and I could go on, you know, e-commerce stores and I'm just going to do that. And that's kind of the mode I was in for many years. Many years, I'm learning. I'm I'm enjoying things. Dawn and I are having a good time. We're going to these auctions and and we're buying, you know, all these old Hummels and and different collectibles and flipping them. And you know, we're spending a lot of time in in the summer in the swimming pool and at auctions. And you know, the largest liquidator of of uh, lost shipments is here in Atlanta and I can't tell you how many times we went to that auction it's called freight auctions and bought pallets and pallets and pallets of products like you guys wouldn't believe and and how many times that we've uh loaded up a U-Haul truck with uh I I, I, I Starbucks coffee pallets and, and the list goes on and on and on and hauled it to Kentucky and in our warehouse and then, uh, got warehouse space here and flipped that. And it's an easy six figure income and we didn't mind doing it. We kind of like doing it. And then some of you know, you know, we buy Hallmark collections. We've, we've bought out stores and and collectible collectors high-end collectors uh we got into that when we bought the 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 largest hallmark resellers collection uh she's the largest in north america she passed away and her husband just wanted to liquidate all our inventory and we ended up buying it all that's how we got into that niche plus don's a chris 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 christmas nerd so, and, and I say all that to just say that in a coasting mode. And then, you know, I ended up finding a Servia, which was unbelievable technology, phenomenal technology to promote one of our, our e-commerce businesses. And then I found out it was a network marketing company. I didn't know that. I just wanted the product. For our e-commerce businesses, again, I'm in coasting mode. I mean, I've got contracts at the time with two different network marketing companies. Uh, I've got one where I'm uh, contracted to speak in one city a month for the next 12 months. I've got another one where I'm uh, doing a webinar every week for them, and I'm doing um, uh, three three events a year for their national conventions. I mean, I, I'm busy, okay? I, I have all the the... I'm, I have, I, there's, I, I mean, I'm having, uh, I'm, I'm smooth, you know, it's from a standpoint that I have no responsibility 
to any team members. I don't have to listen to any thumb suckers. Uh, I don't have to listen to people that don't understand you where you are in your life because of what's gone into your mind. I just, I'm in a good space. And then I found out about this survey and then I find out that it's a network marketing company. I'm thinking, my gosh, this is going to be like, like, uh, fishing in a barrel. I mean, all you have to do is look at who's advertising and all these pickup papers and rag publications and, uh, coffee house news publications and show them a better way to get an ROI on their advertising. And that was rolling until something out of your control. Again, Google turns off the nearby technology and that business was gone. Well, at that point, we got a team. Well, we need, I, I'm not, I don't want to leave them high and dry. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm speaking at different events and doing a lot of other stuff and, but I'm doing one webinar a week, but my focus is, it's like, this is what you do. Here's the letter, mail it. It, it was simple. It was no, you know, there's not a lot more to say. So then we went from that. Well, we have to find something better and, you know, we got to find a place for our team and the upline that we were with at the time just said, Hey, this is where we're going to move. And I said, well, I'll let everybody know. And then when I really started looking at the technology, I mean, the product made perfect sense for me personally, personally, it did DNA based nutrition. I loved it. Still do take it every day today. It makes sense to me, but it's extremely high price for the average market for the people, for average people in the marketplace. So that's, that was the challenge there. But, and then they did away with the CEO and anything that Terry LaClure touches, that's going to happen. And again, I, that, that's a whole nother podcast series. But from there, um, they found APL Go and I loved APL Go, still love APL Go. APL Go, uh, first time in history, a company from that's creating six figure monthly income come earners outside the U.S., comes to the U.S. to open a nine-year-old company uh, in, operating in over 30 countries. It just made too much sense. The product was based is based upon negative ion technology. Love the product. You know, I take Brain every morning and several of the other products throughout the day. I love the product. Uh, love the owner. Uh, love our, our, t- our upline team. Uh, it's all good. And, and it's like in between that, those, those moves, I'd already decided that I'm out of network marketing. You know, I'm, I'm liquidating everything. But then when APL Go comes around, it's like, man, this is, if it can't be done with this company, then it can't be done. And that was really my thought. And, you know, that was in 2020 and, uh, the end of 2020 and to the, the end of 2020 and 2021, it was a magnificent adventure. It's good. It was good. And I worked with a lot of people and we've met a lot of phenomenal people. And many of them had never gone through the preparation stage. And the preparation stage is the hardest. Because you have to take total responsibility and you take total responsibility and then you go into a market 
being network marketers who are delusional, it becomes quite challenging trying to find people that can think clearly within the network marketing profession because it's not a business any longer. It's just a social club. But nevertheless, we met some phenomenal people and some people made some really good money. And Don and I were in the top four for recruiting, top ten, four times our first ten months in the company, won a couple cruises and, you know, made a lot of really good money there and was really focused. And it's like, this is going to work. It's going to take three to five years of really focused effort. We're going to have to take uh, lead generation to a level that nobody's ever seen in this profession before. Uh, but this, this will work. And that was, you know, that was the game plan. And then I, I got COVID, uh, and the end of last August. And I mean, up until that time, man, we're, we're rolling. We're at, we're after it. And we got really good people and they're getting better and they're learning and they're, they're, they're building out their, their foundation, you know, and, and it's like, I can see this moving forward. It's, it's, it's going to take much more work than it should, uh, because of the, uh, just total, uh, because the, of the way the profession, the niche network marketing has been prostituted out over the last 15, 20 years and all the nonsense that we've allowed the beach ball heads to propagate throughout this profession. And, you know, because we've allowed people to be called leaders because they have leadership titles because they develop followings, not because they develop other leaders. And again, I don't, I've, I've covered all this in these podcasts, but, you know, it's like um, when I got COVID, I still haven't recovered from it totally. I've got some residual effects from it still, uh, but it it made Dale stop. I mean, I couldn't move. I got up a couple times a day to go to the bathroom, and I took a shower every other day. And other than that, I was in quarantine and... Dawn would come around and, you know, put these gauges on my fingers or whatever she was doing. But I was like incoherent for a while, for over a week. And it was rough. But it made me stop. Just stop everything. And when I started coming out of it, uh, I had some really good, deep conversations with myself. And it's like, Dale... You know, what are you going to do? What do you want to do? Well, I, I love to build teams. I love building businesses, but I love building teams better. But Dale, look at the really good people that you, that you have on your team right now that are going into the marketplace and how many numbers you have to get through to find anybody with, with any type of common sense, business sense, uh, that is looking. I mean, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there running in different niches, but you know, it's not, it's different now because network marketing is not the only game in town and there are a lot of options for people, as you know, Dale. So I'm having all these conversations with myself and I'm not going to get into the whole iHub global thing, but I'd already found that. It already ordered my boxes. That was a great passive income generator. But when I saw, uh, 
as far as H and T helium mining, and then then I saw I have global, and I'm watching it from afar, and then I'm hearing in August that they're going to do away with they're going to do away with uh the free the free it's a possibility they're going to do away with the you know where you can join free and they're going to require people to have some skin in the game and I'm thinking well maybe they will maybe they won't but right now we can roll with this and then in November when they made that announcement it was like for me immediately uh I understood from a business perspective why they were doing it I thought it was the best move for the long haul for all of us and was really glad that that move was made and then I had major flashbacks major flashbacks to how people are so in such a self-preservation mode and how people can forget you know it's like what have you done for me lately you know it's like and it's like the 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 track record that that I have put into the marketplace and to see people move into a mode that was really discouraging to the point uh for me for not for me personally but for them that it's like Dale what 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 have you really accomplished you know I mean, people that should absolutely positively know better that didn't, and it was just kind of an awakening for me. It was an awakening. And so I'm said all that to say this. It's like success happens when preparation Preparation meets the right opportunity at the right time in history. And if you're listening to anybody else other than your own instincts, then you're probably wrong. And it's all about timing. And at any time in history, at any time in the history of network marketing, there's been one company where if you had enough awareness where we should be spending our time, whether we were talking about Herbalife at one time or or A.L. Williams, and the list kind of goes on and on and on. And for me right now, I know what the best opportunity in 2022 is. I have no doubt about it. I just wish I could do it with myself and not have to worry about a bunch of other thumbsuckers. Are, and, and again, I hate calling people thumb suckers, but if there's anything I've learned through that whole COVID situation and through the announcement that I have made in, in, in November that the hopes that I had had for other people, uh, were diminished drastically. And that's the only way I know to say it. So, I talk a lot about foxhole and, 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 and how important that is to have people that are in the foxhole with you. And there's a different, there's a difference between having people in the foxhole and have people that are trying to climb in your back pocket. And I had this talk 
this past week with somebody that I've known for a few years who is really building a phenomenal team. And I had this conversation because I wish somebody had had it with me years ago. And a wise person learns from their own mistakes, but a really wise person learns from the mistakes of others. And I told him, I said, y'all, have you ever heard the Joe Walsh song, It's Tough to Handle This Fortune and Fame? Everybody's so different, I haven't changed. And he said, yeah. And I said, well, I'm just telling you right now, you just got to really, you're at a different place, and you're going to have different things come at you that you had never even thought about. And you're going to have a lot of people trying to climb into your back pocket. Uh and and you just are going to so just ex- expect that and and you know you got to know who your real friends are and and this guy i mean i think he knows i will always 1000% tell him the truth even if i violently disagree with what he's saying and i hope he will as me with me as well and that's the only kind of relationships i really want but I want people that can think logically and can and can always ask themselves what's in the best interest of everybody involved here, not just not just their own what they perceive to be their own personal interests, who are not smart enough to understand that in network marketing your own personal interest is is one hundred percent based upon what's in the best interest of everybody. You know, people worrying about their check next month or BV next month instead of where's their business, their team going to look like in two years, three years, five years, short-term thinking. It, there's no place for it in network marketing. So just to kind of wrap this up, I think the thing that I really wanted to try to stress is you got to go to work. But if you try to work and you don't have the right foundation, you didn't do the preparatory work then you got to do that you can't escape that you got to have the right foundation on which to build and honestly there's not a lot of cultures and most companies have no culture team that where you can get the right preparation the right work you know to really build something significant on because you're building upon wisdom of the ages principles that are going to be a solid 50 years from now as they are today. And and it's not based upon personal gain and not based upon uh, holding on to what I have. It's, it's, it's understanding that this business really is about you can have anything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And that's just not a some quote from Zig Ziglar that people throw around, but people have really got that from their head to their heart. And there's very few people with leadership titles in network marketing that have that foundation. And unfortunately, the ones that do have that and do believe that don't have the skill set and the systems in place that people can plug into and learn how to ge- generate leads, learn how to launch their business correctly, and so forth and so on. There's only about five real important skill sets 
in the profession, but there's nobody that's teaching them and there's nobody that's teaching them sequentially. And most network marketing organizations, if you look at the training that they're doing, there's no sequential process to any of it. It's like they're trying to teach algebra to people that don't know how to do addition yet. And it's just, it's maddening to me. So as I move forward, you know, my plan right now, I have global 12 to 18 months. All I can do every single day looking for people that are willing to build a foundation, work through their fears, and understand the way that happens is through massive action. And I want to see a lot of success on my team. That That's what I have to see. I want to see a lot of success on my team over the next 12 to 18 months. And, you know, not not people hanging out because they like Dom, but hanging out because they're progressing in their life and in their business. And this is going to be over in 12 to 18 months, in my opinion. And I'm hoping maybe they'll come out with different products or services or boxes which is what I'd really like to see, but that makes sense where we can that can continue down this path. But I'm not going to force team building. Uh, I've made a, a decision to myself really after all that COVID experience and realizing, dang, Dale, you know, she should know better than that. He should know better than that. How could they possibly think that? How how could they say that? I mean, they've watched me, some of them, for years. They've watched every move that I've made. It's been way more public than it should be. And it's like, I don't need this. Dawn doesn't need this. Forget this. We'll just do some, we'll just, we'll just go right back in ghost mode and be fine. And see, I, I really wish that that was in my DNA. Because if I'm if I do that, if I do that, and I can see that for sure happening, but if I do that, see my DNA, thanks to my mom, it's like I always have to feel like I'm speaking into helping other people. So I can still maybe do that through podcasts, but not a podcast based upon network marketing. Uh, so again, uh if you're a network marketer, you got to be you, you. If you're not willing to build your rock solid foundation, then don't even think about network marketing ever again the rest of your life because it it's impossible. You're not going to build anything significant. It doesn't happen by luck. It happens by design. Real success happens by design. So some of you are, are involved with decent companies and products that you like and you believe in and and are, shouldn't make a move, but you need to be heavy into building your rock-solid foundation, your preparation time. And then when that opportunity does present itself in the future, if and when that happens, you have to have enough guts to pivot. Most people ne- never do. They get in a culture and an environment that's not going to ultimately take them where they want to go. 
but they they can't muster up the guts to pivot. Most people just can't do it. They just can't. Uh, and I've been there, and I understand it. But you know, that's that's a hard muscle to develop is the the the, the pivot muscle. That's really hard because you know as soon as you as soon as you make a move, it's like you're going to get backlash from people that you would not expect to get backlash from that should know better. So that's been a real growth area for me this year to get beyond that and past that because in most areas of my life, you know, it's like, again, I don't give a flying flip what anybody thinks except the person staring me back in the mirror. But when you, when you have been in and out of the, uh, foxhole with people and you've seen people that have have been in the foxhole for even if it was a short period of time but at least they they've been in it and they've they've done the grind work maybe not for a long period of time but they've had spurts where they've gotten the foxhole and done the grind work i respect those people at a level that they have no idea how much i respect them i really sincerely do because they're rare 70 percent of the people are going to run from the foxhole they're going to run from anything that sounds like work much less you know putting themselves in a situation where somebody might think bad about them i mean they can't handle that it's like fear of failure fear of rejection fear of what somebody thinks is what stops most people that's why if you don't do your preparation work and you don't get those those basic concepts out of your head and you don't understand that massive action will eliminate those the body in motion stays in motion consistent effort doesn't always create consistent results but it always creates success and if you don't get in that kind of mode and stay in that mode with the right opportunity at the right place and time you don't have a flying flip chance in the world of making it in network marketing all five stars have to line up all five so for me it's like here's what i know uh i have neglected getting self-educated in the crypto markets as long as i possibly can it is the most convoluted uh, business model, financial vehicle, whatever you want to call it that I've ever seen. A lot of very highly educated people that couldn't communicate to a three-year-old, uh, that talk way over people's heads. There's people that are just, uh, oh, let's go, you know, ready squirrel. Let's put money in it. Not really thinking about. Uh, things that they need to be thinking about. There's, there's no middle ground here. It, it's, and it's all over the place, but I believe it's the future. And the thing that excites me more about this than anybody, than anything, as it relates to this, is I don't have to deal with anybody. I don't have to deal with anybody. I don't have to deal with, I don't have to, it, if it's a cryptocurrency, investing investing program where you have to recruit people in order to make a lot of money, then that's probably a real good indication that you should run from it. Not all of them. There's, there's one I'm looking at that's more of an affiliate program that I'm looking behind the curtain he- heavy right now. 
Uh, but, but the reality is there's a lot of opportunities in staking and mining and, and different avenues within cryptocurrency that you don't need anybody to make unbelievable, uh, massive returns. Uh, we're liquidating some, a lot of assets to put them into crypto assets is, is our, as what our thoughts are right now. So this year's going to be an exciting year for us. Uh, we've got several e-commerce businesses. Our plans are to sell. I've got some, an unbelievable sports card collection that I need to have graded. So I need to get a lot of these Ricky Henderson rookie cards and Jose Canseco rookie cards and King Griffey Jr. rookie cards. I need to get, get them all mailed off and graded. Uh, so I can easily sell those because it's much easier to grade up. Uh, to sell a card that has been graded. So we got a lot of projects this year, Don and I do, just to eliminate, 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 eliminate. Uh, because I believe personally for me, anybody else that may be listening to this, and you want 10, 15, 20 years of major education and, uh, you know, just unbelievable opportunities. Uh, I believe that's all going to come from the cryptocurrency space. Uh, it, In my mind, it's like the Industrial Revolution all over again. It's like the dot-com boom that we all experienced and didn't know what we were experiencing at the time. This Web3, uh, Metaverse, cryptocurrency... It's creating so many opportunities in so, in so many different areas, but it's going to require more education than most people can handle. And I understand that, but not me. I mean, I can handle it. I, I, I've been doing this my whole life. Anything I've ever wanted to learn, uh, I know how to get in there and turn over the rocks and look behind the curtain and eliminate people and projects real quickly. Uh, but I'm a noob here and I'm learning and learning and learning and learning. So no matter where you are, no matter what you're looking for, uh, if I was you, honestly, if I was you, and it's like, Dale, I I, want to make it real bad, okay? Here's what you do. Eliminate the minutiae stuff. That you can control the fear. Again, I, I've talked about it, and talk, but eliminate it. Get rid of it. There's more. There's more podcasts. There's more sessions in this podcast about overcoming fear than anything else. If you didn't join programming in your mind for success and you knew you should, that's on you. If you joined and you're not following it to the T daily, fifteen minutes, that's on you. You got to get that taken care of. You got to you got to believe in yourself first. You got to believe in wisdom of the ages principles. You you've got to you got to get that in your mind, in your heart, in your soul and just stand on it. And then being able to recognize success trends up uh, for me the cryptocurrency trend is beyond obvious right now. It's beyond obvious. The best intro into that, one of the best, would be with iHub Global with this team in mining, the mining opportunity that's available. 
I mean, we're going to help a lot of people make a lot of money in 2022 with this program. And then the last thing I would say is stay engaged. Stay engaged. Look, I'm going to be doing this at some level the rest of my life. I I just am. I I love the game too much. Now, I can comfortably play the game by myself. Okay, I don't need the team. I don't get energy from the team. The team drains me. The team drains me. But the energy I get when someone has come from nowhere to six-figure income and living a life that they had dreamed about at one point, the energy that I get from that is far more than anything I can even begin to try to explain. So it's a real yin and yang for me. So I would stay engaged with what we're doing. If I if I come on here and say, look, I'm not doing this podcast anymore, but next week we're starting the Dale Calvert Show, I would get plugged in and engaged with that. I really would because I'm going to be doing this. And my focus has not been about me for years. It's always been about how can I help other people get what they want. That's where, that's Dale, why would you change from APL Go? Because I believe that I can help more people in the next 12 months with iHub Global than I probably could with APL Go based upon the situation at APL Go at this time and place in history with the product line that we have. No, no weight loss product. I believe that I can help more people in the next 12 months than I could help with APL Go in the next 12 years. And it's that simple. Nothing else. Well, Dale, I thought you believed in APL Go. I, look, watch the four stars, watch the five stars. If you don't understand it, that's on you. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know what else to tell you. It is what it is. Blame whoever you want to blame except the person staring you back in the mirror. I don't get it. I I just don't get it. It's like take some personal responsibility. Yes, APL Go, phenomenal. Top-rated antioxidant product in, in the country last summer. Number one opportunity voted the number one opportunity in the world In November, great company. Stay there. Work hard. Go for it. I'll support you every way I possibly can. But I'm going to take care of me for you, and you can take care of you for me. Or not. It's up to you. I just want to let you guys know where I am. I want to let you know that it's beyond evident to me that the major problem most people have with this profession who've been around it, wrong culture, wrong culture, wrong team, never developed a foundation. And if you can do that, now you're open to take advantage and benefit and profit from every other opportunity that is presented to you the rest of your career. That's really what has happened for me. And again, that's what's happened. I can recognize it. I see it. I understand it. I move. I don't wait around thinking about it. I take action. I know how to be consistent. But it all started with the foundation 
that was developed in Shackley. And if that had not developed, nobody would be listening to this podcast. I hope you get that point. Thanks for listening. Uh, Stel Calvert will talk to you again soon on another session of the MLM Success Podcast. If you haven't gone over to iTunes yet and rated and left this podcast a review, what are you waiting for? At Calvert Marketing Group, we want to spend our time on the projects that we know are providing the most value for our clients and customers. You leaving us a review and feedback on iTunes is something that helps us more than you realize. And more importantly, it helps others like you find us. So if you've not taken the time to rate this podcast, please go over to iTunes and do that for us now. It will only take a couple of minutes out of your busy schedule. Work harder on yourself than you do on your business, and we will be back next week with another inspiring success story, wisdom of the ages training, or answers to your questions.